This week's episode is brought to you by Vomit. When your body has things that it just can't take anymore, sometimes it will trigger an involuntary reflex to then send all of that rocketing out of your mouth into whatever is in front of you. Vomit can be used to prevent death, disease, and make you look badass at the New Year's party, while also making a huge mess. Vomit. Don't need Epicac for this one. Nine root beer. And, I'm throwing out this time. Oh wait. Yeah, they, they didn't hear. They didn't hear that. So uh, we apologize for the missed episode. But last week I did a total dad move and hit record when I thought I was hitting stop and vice versa. So you can job, you blame me for that. But also Matt had to be was like, excuse me. So you know that that, that was that. something not everybody maybe wanted to hear. Slash was hilarious, but <laughs> it, it it was hilarious for somebody. That's true. Mm-hmm. It's hilarious for me. That's for sure. Um, so we got a few things to talk about. First off, like uh, every other Zeroth Dragon, the new one for Stargate was revealed this morning, and yep. uh, at the, time the only thing was, revealed on the stream for some reason. I mean, he's a big dude. Gonna he he demands his own. Uh, own space when revealed. It's a, it's a big dude with a really small effect. Yeah. So, Zeroth, Dragon of Destroy Star, Stark. Um, yeah. So, <coughs> what? The whole com- Destroy Star part is kind of silly. I mean, Destroyer Star seems like it would make more sense. Star of Destruction. That, that works too. Zeroth, Dragon oh. of Star Destruction? I don't know. Whatever. Zeroth, Dragon of the Death Star. <laughs> Yes. And then, and then Disney's lawyers are like, yeah, we need to talk to you, Bushiroad. Um, so his skill is, like every Xerath Dragon, you counterblast two when he's placed on Vanguard, if you do. Until the end of the turn, this unit gets drive minus two. It does not rest while attacking, and it can attack up to three times during this turn. So, so like, we want to make something attack a bunch of times, but for some reason we don't want to, like go through the process of figuring out how to restand. Because, <laughs> like, if you... Um, like, if you were going to try to, like, word a restanding twice effect, that'd be really annoying. Yeah. Because you'd have to be like, well, the first two times... You have to say something like the first two times of battles and the battle restands. Mm-hmm. This kind of skips that. It also skips this random PR for Mag Colony. Name, his name is Brilliant Blister, which when you guard with him, the opponent's uh, vanguard cannot stand during that turn, so this just completely shits on that. And it's fantastic. Now, I am not an editor only player. I, 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 made, I made a post on uh, the Vanguardians telling, <laughs> uh, saying how broken DP was now, because uh, obviously uh, everyone's going to combine this with Go Cannon and give a... Uh, you have to be on a Daisha Vanguard. This is the only caveat. But, uh, you know, you could just play uh, the Legion, and then uh, you just uh, you just start giving crits to Vanguard as an act, and you attack three times with a bunch of crits. <laughs> Clearly the way. Yeah. It's also like, if the, if, uh, in Mega Colony, if, the, if your stride has Dark Device for next turn, you're SOL. Like, I mean, they have ways of just... Resting. Uh, resting the board, yeah. Usually it's rear guards, though, not the vanguard. But, 
Alright, but what started to arrest the board? Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, man, beat, beat, beat your Chaos and Megconi opponents by playing DP and just, like, striding <laughs> guard break from the start. Easy. My favorite <laughs> thing about this is that they're... They, they did not make any effort to make it Link Joker-esque. They were just like, screw it, let's just do DP and Nova Grappler good right. enough. If you just made this... If you just took Drachma's art and name and, you know, everything... Like, everything but card text and slapped on this card... You'd be like, that's a believable card. Yeah. <laughs> for, for, for I mean, that's what we were joking that Drachma would do before we actually saw it. Right? <laughs> and that's now true. there's this other card that's, like, not inherently stargate at all. And it's just kind of there. But it's, like, two-thirds stargate It's, like, a second Victoplasma. I mean, yeah. It, it, like, fits Nova Grappler. Although, because it doesn't rest itself, it can't activate Rush. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. A big thing is that it do, you can't do shenanigans with Maliaki or Laurel, for that matter. Mm. So, be sure once again sidesteps Laurel. Um, and, I mean, I think they're gonna have to do that anyway. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you guys, you guys both play Stargate Clans in some form or another. Are you gonna use this if you were able to? Uh, uh, Nova Grappler would use it, it's just better than Victoplasma. You can't use it with Malyaki, but attacking three times for 36k is still... I would mean the fuck out of it in, uh... Yeah. In Dimension Place. I mean, this card is like... Uh, low-risk, high-reward, generic effect that will work in most situations, so I don't see why you wouldn't play it in any target plan. I mean, it well, the risk is you don't get to play the game. Yeah. But, like, it has the same risk of every other GR with, uh, ZR with, uh, moderately higher chance of success just because, you know, attacking with your Vanguard three times. Yeah, I, right. this is also great if you're playing against Link Choker and they have your front row locked. You're like, alright, cool, time to take some cards out of your hand. Like, if, you are, if you've already used your four Victoplasma, you're like, alright, uh... I mean, I don't know how they're guarding Restanders that many times. Link out Joker G guards suck. I don't know. Just... Whatever's. Um, so, like, we we know all but one of the Xeroth Dragons now. How would you rank them all? That we know of. Uh, I even with the the change, I still think Dust is the best. Yes. Same. Uh. And by a fair bit, I yeah. think Stark and Megiddo and, and Zoa are, like, fine. Mm-hmm. I think Drachmas was kind of bad. Yeah. So for yeah. me, for me, it'd be Dust, Megiddo, Stark, Zoa, Drachmas. Uh, I would put Stark above Megiddo just because I think Megiddo has a very low floor as well as a high ceiling, so, like, it does Megiddo doesn't work well in, like, Bermuda and Grand Blue as of right now, and then you also need, like, extra counterblasts to extend your Megiddo turns, so I think he has a pretty low floor, and so Stark being able to just go down and do his thing all the time is pretty good. And it's not even, like, in the clans that he's going into, minus Link Joker, of course, that the 2CB is really going to be terribly important. Yeah. Like, Nova Grappler is used to having to pay 2CB for just about everything. Mm-hmm. And DP just doesn't have a lot of reason to spend a bunch of CB. 
Yeah. So, and you have enough counter charge, and that you just randomly counter charge whenever you feel like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I think Stark is the most like easy to slot in, just because it's a restander. So, like, it's hard to argue against a restander. Yeah. Yeah, so I would be like Dust, Stark, Megiddo, and I put Zoa and Drachma at about the same level. I think Zoa depends on what clan you're using and the amount of resources you can pull out to support the Zoa turn, and then Drachma is just awful, especially because you don't have to be on grade 3 to ultimate stride, so if they have a copy of the thing they rewrote, even if it's not a grade 3, they could just ultimate stride back on you if they survive. That's really, really funny, though. Like, Yeah. Because that was the one argument I had in Drachma's favor, is if they don't rewrite Grade 3, they probably won't be able to come back, but then they can. Yeah. Well, because you'd probably die anyway, so you'd be like, alright, screw it, let's just, like, rewrite, you know, yeah, whatever, 10k, and then just, just yeah. do it. Well, well, if you don't have a Grade 3, I would just rewrite whatever you have two copies of, so you can Ultimate Stride. Yeah, that's assuming you live, but... Yeah. Um, let's see. Alright, so yeah, that was pretty much all about Stark. Um, the next thing I wanted to address for this year's New Year. So somebody on the Vanguard subreddit uh, appears to have been listening to the podcast, in which case, good for you, sir. Um, the title was How a Local Wallet Warrior Memed Meta with a Non-Meta Tactic. So, I don't want to read the entire thing just because it's like eight paragraphs, but... Basically, uh, he was in a local tournament, he uh, played in Great Nature, he goes into Barrowall, the new GR, <clears throat> he flipped Zoa for the cost of Barrowall, so I, <clears throat> everyone at the locals are like, ooh, interesting. Game two, he, uh, let's see, he flipped, yeah, so he, he, by now, he, they say by now everyone recognizes him as the dude who used Zoa as flip fodder. Even his opponent. So his first strike did the exact same thing. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, let's see. Fast forward after a gear next turn, put him in five damage with only three cards in the hand left. He went through his stride phase and proceeded to stride a second Zoa. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's just say the gears did manage to find Arca number two. Game three was against Overlord. So, uh... Our honorary Zoa flipping professor just smiled and went about the match, flipping Zoa again with Barrowwool, and then a second Barrowwool fl- flipping the second Zoa. Overlord was pretty <laughs> confused, and in the end chickened out and ended up using two jump- dumb jit for 15k shield to stop two crit-filled rhino attacks. Overlord went to purge, put belly to five, which gets PG and uh, not Penta drive checking a third PG, and you guessed it, he went into his third Zoa for the you lose button. <laughs> What an absolute master. <laughs> the debating not only worked, he had the double bait. He had the... Okay, this guy, ha- he's like, he wanted to have a second Zoa. Oh, okay, that was pretty funny. Like, everyone, like, respects, like, yeah, that's that's a pretty good bait. And then they think the bait is over. Yeah. The best what part is, last. like, this guy was playing the long game. The first one, he's like, all right, the I'm going to flip Zoa. Con. The yeah. long con. The long con. This is, it's so amazing. It's moments like this that make me proud to be a podcaster, just to know that there are people out there listening it's and exactly taking our advice, apparently. Yeah. 
This is exactly the bullshit that I wanted to happen. This this is in fact better like than what I even suggested. Cuz I suggest the level 1. Like I was like thinking level 1 like annoying opponents with expensive cards, but this guy above and beyond the Call of Duty. <laughs> For sure. Oh my god. I am so happy about this. I There's not much else to say about it, but like good god. When you have enough disposable income, yeah. Yeah, man. So that guy... out of it. And to be fair, you're like, well, the the you could you could argue like the great nature stuff is so cheap anyway. Like buying yeah. Zoas is like free because like you can just sell them eventually. Like people will need them. Yeah. <clears throat> Probably That's true. I mean, especially because you get two Zoas per case of Zoo Booster, you just need two cases. Or you know, go into one case split, get both Zoas, and then just buy the third one. Yeah. Well, whoever you are out there, if you're listening, bravo. Just And thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Alright. So good. <laughs> On to the main topic of the episode. So now that it's twenty eighteen and I wanted to uh, I intended to do this last week, but again, total dad move. Um I wanted to look at twenty seventeen at like like a competitive review, kind of. Just to kind of look at um like how the meta changed from the beginning of 2017 to the end. So, All right. yeah. Um, I also want to look at like what what sets um, kind of came out during that time. Let's remember what happened last December, and that was the release of GBT9. Yeah, with in <laughs> uh, the Luard TD. Yeah. So what we remember is everyone playing Luard. Yeah. yeah. Regardless of it being like quote the best deck or whatever, because I believe Night Rose was Night Rose yeah. was seven seasons at the beginning of the year, which is absolutely insane, right? Yeah, I think we came into the year still in the multi attack meta. Yeah, because yeah. um, we December sixteenth was when we got uh, Divine Dragon Caper in English. Um, I, I, in terms of like set releases, I'm just gonna go by English meta because we're 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 in America, so. That's how that's gonna work. Then we had to wait like what three? Wait, it was four months. We got yeah, four months for GBT ten. So there was just this lull almost. Of... Well, there was um that one booster in March, the Trinity Dragon. Right. Wait, no. Where was um try three? Uh, hang on. I'm looking it up right now. We are so well prepared here in Nexus tonight. Yeah. So we got Trinity Dragon oh. in March. Um, I forgot Tri-3 existed. Until yeah, Tri-3 was also in March. We got them both in the same month. Oh, right. They were like two weeks away from each other for whatever reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know oh, yeah. why. So, this is why I couldn't remember it, because I just treat them as the same thing. Yeah, so Tri-3 came out changed absolutely nothing. Uh, Pretty much. Wait, no. Uh, there was something in it that mattered. Hold on. <clears throat> I mean... The the OTT stuff didn't really matter until much later when they got their mm. GBT twelve stuff. But, yeah. Um, well, well, no. The thing I was thinking of for try three was that Brave topped in America for a while. Oh, that's right. Because you got um, Brave Lancer out of that, mm-hmm. and uh, among other things. Yeah. And like, then the horrible, horrible Trinity Dragon came out that. I mean, the, it what was what great. Na- it had some medium great natured stuff. It had some bad dimension police stuff. 
and it had good OTT stuff. stuff. Good it OTT good, stuff, but good, OTT but not, was bad. <laughs> good, but not good enough OTT stuff. But stuff that would become relevant later. Yeah. So yes. like once they got GVT twelve, like stuff like um, the the Amaterasu G guard ended up being like twenty bucks or something like that. <laughs> right. So uh, and the Dominate TD came out somewhere around this time, right? Yeah. I think that was right before oh, no, that was That was summer. That was summer, yeah. Yeah. All right, so GDT 10 came out, and it had, like, Tachikaze. It had the end of the Luard support, which was important because it had Belial Owl. Yeah. Uh, it, it, what else was in the set beside Belial Owl? There was some, um, some Chrono Jet stuff. In GDT yeah. 10, that was, like, important? Or of course. Favorite, yeah. favorite Champ Victor came in the set. Yeah, oh, yeah that wasn't important. Some shit Gold Paladin stuff. That's oh, that's when all of my friends built gold paladin for some reason, <laughs> and then immediately regretted it. Let's see. Oh, oh the new the new Gurgit stuff. Holy sword! It took Gurgit. me a while to regret it, but oh yeah, I did regret yeah. it eventually. We knew everyone was going to regret it eventually. Yeah, it was just when I regretted it too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, I, I tried to warn everybody. Um, they weren't ha- they weren't having it. We also got the biggest letdown in the universe: Gaia Desperado in set ten. Oh yeah, yeah. That just the Tachi stuff in set ten was like such marginal upgrades. Yeah, and it was like the deck was already like very falling behind because it hadn't had any support in like fucking forever. Yeah, like you would win games just on grade two game alone, which is exactly what everybody else is doing. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Seven Runner, I believe at this point was still existing. So, uh, so Seven Runner and Night Rose and Time Leap were like very very strong at the start of the the previous year. Yeah. Right. So for these were all these were like the three decks that everyone actually cared about. And on the ban list, they hit uh, Night Runner to one. This is after the worlds were our world champion couldn't or somebody at Worlds couldn't figure out how Night how uh, Night Runner works. Uh, and then they hit Mick to one. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That 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 was a little odd, but like, well, that was to kill Night Rose. Yeah. But yeah. It, yeah. I mean. Yeah. True. Um, and, and then they didn't touch Gear Chronicle. Yep. And everyone got super pissed. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> I mean, but then I, that Seven Runner was still good. Yeah, that was definitely very annoying. Where like you get shot in the knee, and then he's like, "Oh, I have a prosthetic leg. Fuck you." You know. Or maybe Mick was hit later. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. Anyway, I, I'm confusing all of the. There's two hits in that year. They were hitting was... Night Row too, right? Yeah, they hit Nightcrow later. I didn't. I Nightcrow might have been with Nick. I don't remember. There was two hits, like one in like January mm-hmm. or early February, and one in like June. Yeah, Nightcrow was in June because Nightcrow's. Yeah, I know Nightcrow's in June. Night and Seven Run or Night Runner was in February. Yeah, but yeah, I don't. I don't remember which one Nick landed in. Mm-hmm. It might have been the later one, but. So that so that was the important things that happened at the beginning. I don't think set ten made a Luard uh, a deck mm-hmm. yeah. because now it had like a bunch of draw. It and it topped some U.S. events prior to set ten. I think Texas had like a Messiah and a Luard in it or something weird. Yeah, but the Japanese meta that like around that same time was just uh, full of night uh, seven runner. The decks we mentioned before, a bunch of seven runner and whatnot. And Seven Runner was topping a lot of like the Southeast Asian events that were English. Mm-hmm. Like Seven Runner, I think like Singapore or whatever, I think had like two Seven Runner or something. 
Yeah, and th- yeah. Th- that definitely doesn't make Boucherin look very good when well, the deck world that's like getting good. around their main mechanic is just topping. Yeah, well, people felt like, you know, it didn't let you play the game, which is mostly true, yeah. but uh, when, you create, when you create mechanics like Stride, where some clans just get better stuff than you, the <laughs> only way to really fight that is just not let them do it. Yeah. It, I mean, it really comes from just not a lot of other options. Like you could, any deck can do that, can just not ever ride up. It's just that Grand Blue just has the ability to gain advantage while not riding up. Yeah, and then the best part was like while this was going on, that I there were so many threads on like you know the Facebook groups and the subreddit where people were like, what can I tech in Twitter run and that'll work? Like, I guess, but you know. Usually you just need the stride to, like, break... To, like, you know, start changing the uh, advantage. Like, sometimes your GB1 skills just aren't good enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it, of course, it's this is very dependent on the clan, whether Twitter Run is worth it. Mm-hmm. But in the clans that can search Twitter Run, uh, which is Kagero and... Spike Brothers. Spike Brothers, I don't think it's even particularly worth it. Like, yeah. you can, otherwise you're just hoping to draw it, which is silly. Yeah. Um... Mm-hmm. So GBT ten didn't do uh, just made Luar a deck. I don't mm-hmm. think the set really did much else on that. It, it, it went it put Gold Paladin from like a C minus to a B. So minus. that's something. Like it helped. It's it, it's Gold Paladin still did nothing after that. Set, it, it 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 gave Richard something to do because uh, that's true. But that's not what we're talking about. I know, <laughs> but still. Um, <laughs> so after that, we got Fighters Collection twenty seventeen. Yeah. So this is when we got skill heal triggers, uh, and all the skills were really generic, and I think most of them were pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. I don't think any of the skill heals I particularly felt excited to use at any particular point. I was much, much more excited for the skill heals that came in the most recent set. The uh, the ones where you get to choose to counter charge or um, soul, soul charge. charge. I think those heals are very good, Yeah. even mm-hmm. though they're like also very generic. It's just giving you a choice, but you only get to use you know a couple of them a game. That's fine. But it's like just an extra value attached to your heal, which is exactly what they should be. Yeah. And it's not attached to some stupid G guard like the other ones were. Yeah, we're which is, I think is what I hated most about them. And the worst oh, part we also was... had Rummy Labyrinth for a while. Oh right, Rummy Labyrinth, which uh, it... oh right, so Mick was hit afterward because they yeah. had uh, yeah that gave uh, that gave Night Rose even more stuff because they had Dragoot, they had Negrosonger, they had the new Night Rose, which you could run it like. Um... Somebody figured out how to do, like, ten attacks with it. Yeah. As a rear. Hey, hey, hey uh, you just, so, yeah, you got, yeah, but Songer and Dragoot were the main two. Dragoot is what gave uh, a nice matchup against uh, Luard and a lot of other, like, fairly weak, like, uh, weaker decks. Because now Dragoot mm-hmm. pop off their field for whatever reason. Yeah, Dragoot yeah, was... And then, yeah, and then right after that was Fighter's Collection, because that's when they got Boat. Right, and the Fires Collection gave uh, the boat. Some notable cards in the Fires Collection, at least, I think, nowadays, or uh, look, I guess even looking into the meta then, um, was boat. Boat was boat was good, but, you know, it's, usually they couldn't, uh, Night Rose couldn't stride it a lot, mm-hmm. just because you were just running out, like, you would just be out of cards by that point most of the time. Yeah. But uh, it was at least cool. There was also Closer Dragon in that set. Right, Closer, which made everyone freak and impede. Yeah, yeah. Uh, freak out about Narukami, and there was a deck that like spiked some Japanese events uh, with Sweep Command and Impede, 
So you just become like 21k on your opponent's turn for whatever reason. Yeah, and you have to blow up. Well, Impede kills one to two things, and then Sweep Command kills another thing, so you're like eating their fields yeah. on their turn. Yeah, it's, it's, it seems pretty hilarious. But mm-hmm. Vanquisher didn't end up... I don't know, it didn't end up being super impressive to me at that time. But it, it like, with that fighter's collection alone, it had something to do, you know? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. Yeah. And then, uh, like, again, I think I think its major problem was just advantage. Yeah. Like, so, um, all... other, something, another card that was relevant in that fighter's collection was Hellheart 8. Yeah. Uh, there was a Spike Brothers deck that came out at that point, which uh, Proof was very early in on. Yeah. And Japan jumped on, too, because Japan loves this type of shit. Um, basically, you would use multiple mecha trainers and get, uh, like, three heals, so you could second strike Hellheart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which, I'm... you can read Hellheart 8's effect, I won't go through it here, but it uh, is it basically gives you attacks equal to the number of cards in your hand. I, I'll read it. Um, so, GB8, when your unit attacks, choose one of your units, and until end of turn, it gets plus 10k, and red text, choose this unit and a card from your hand, put them in your soul. At the end of the battle that this unit attacked or boosted, you may pay the cost, if you do. Search your deck for up to one card, call it to an open rear, and shuffle your deck. So, the cool thing about this is that you don't, it doesn't even matter what you have. You're like, alright, call a draw trigger, attack for 14, shove two things, get a new thing. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's amazing. And the best also, part... If- what with frog? You could with, you could attack with Vanguard and pass the 10k to a buff to a frog raider. Yeah, and so you could constantly keep restanding uh, frog raider. Yeah, re- just having this huge column of like in you know, 31k say. Yeah, uh-huh. of, like just pummeling your opponent, and like if you have like eight cards in hand, this is a lot of attacks for one column. It's yeah. insane. Even funnier is that yeah. um, I like when this came out, everyone was like, "Who's going to be able to get to GB8 and Spike Brothers?" And then, well, people figured it out. And then even and even better with this, um, with GBT-13, uh, thanks to the new heal being a Dudley, you can now use Jelly Beans to search that heal, which means you have more ways to make this go off. Right. So at this point in Japan, uh, people, I, I believe, when did Blade Wings start popping up? It was sometime uh, right before this. I don't no, remember GBT, when. GBT-11 is when they start popping up. Um, was it yeah, in they, Japan? They start, uh, no, they got uh, Were Tiger Jaeger as a promo, so it started popping up like pretty early in the year, but it was just kind of a rogue deck at the time. It didn't start consistently topping until Z11. Yeah, because you got yeah, Blade in there. Right, right, okay. I was just trying to try to place when in Japan it started popping up, which was a while ago. It was just like... Yeah. I think I saw it like around February. Because I remember talking about... Um, Around that time, I wanted to build Blade Wings to Atlas because I was saw- seeing people playing it against Seven Runner, and yeah. I was like, "Oh, that's pretty effective." And then it would do things against Jet that were just absolutely disgusting, and I was like, "Man, this deck looks sweet. I'd play this deck." Then I said I wanted to build it, and I looked for a deck, and some guy on Vanguardians like tried to charge me like TCG player price for every common, and I just didn't respond to him because I was like, "I'm not wasting my time with this." <laughs> <laughs> Look, if if I'm if I'm looking to buy a deck and you price out every card on TCG Player, why would I buy from you? I can just go to TCG Player. Yeah, I don't have to deal with you at all. That's true, um, right? And yeah. also, around April, a certain Legend deck came out in Japan. Oh boy, yeah, that's true. It um, came out what in uh, like June here? Uh, uh, May. 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 Yeah, so it was the Blaster Legend deck. And then yeah. Wait, oh, 
Right, there was a Sanctuary Guard running around, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sanctuary Guard was just kind of ever-present. And then, yeah. Um, I think during that year they also hit uh, Jewel Knight's Sword and Me to only be used with... Uh, no, that was last year. That was last year. That was year. much longer ago. That was much, minds. much longer ago. Never yeah, minds. that was... What they did is they hit Sanctuary Guard in Japan on the mm-hmm. first list in, in January and then didn't hit it later. And didn't hit it in the United States because yeah, nobody so. plays Sanctuary Guard in the United States. Well, yeah, and no then Sank Guard still stuck around in Japan a bit, just using Ark. Yep. And playing, like, the one Sank Guard they're allowed to play. Mm-hmm. And they kind of continued... Sank Guard kind of was the better option for a while, because you had the freest way to get flo- the Flogal crit. Yeah. And also, it functioned well against Seven Runner, because you could just do your blaster shit against them anyways. Yeah, Seven Runner is pretty weak to uh, your opponent doing things. Yeah, I I remember just looking at tops for a while. It would always be like some variation of Night Rose or Jet, Seven Runner, and Saint Guard. Mm-hmm. That was a fun time, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you got well, like this three, kinda, four deck formats. You, you got like this kind of rock paper scissors type thing where you had rush decks beating stride decks, and then uh, like early game stuff that also had stride capability. I, I don't know what to call it beat rush decks and then the normal stride decks beat those decks so it, it is interesting to mention about it's important to note how much seven runner loses to actual garbage <laughs> if your opponent is playing jank you will likely lose to it what do you mean like by jank? like your opponent could be on ott with silent tons and you're just like i, don't know, I can't beat that card <laughs> yeah pretty much your opponent gets a crit puts it on silent tom and you're just like <laughs> like you can think... rush them, but if the rush fails, right? Like if they get a trigger on damage, and like guard a little bit, and they have a tom, and you're just like, oh god. I don't or think they, they have, can be if They're playing to... a deck that can just draw cards early, like Sukuyomi or Battle Sisters. You're just like, oh, well, we're just playing old Vanguard now, but you're better at that than I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think that um, it can't be stated enough that. Like, the way to beat Seven Runner, even if you're playing, like, a normal stride deck, is just to bully their rear guards, for the most part. Like, if they have to waste resources getting Knight's Final back, then that's, like, one less card that you have to guard with, which can add up over time. Um, it's really, really boring and really, really slow, but it's the way to do it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Then... After but, the legend deck was when we got uh, set eleven. Well, I think we should talk about the legend yeah. deck first because, like, yeah, did a lot. Well, the legend deck on its own didn't make much of an impact. It was boosted by set eleven, so okay. probably better to just talk about them together. Fine. That's okay. Yeah. Um, like the legend deck just so, had the grade three, right? Uh, that was it. Yeah, the legend. Like, basically, the only thing relevant in the legend deck was the grade three and what the about, strides. What about? Oh, oh, you said the strides. Okay. Yeah, there was that, and then, like... No, that's about it. You're right. Yeah, so, like, the only important thing from the Legend deck was uh, Blaster Blade Exceed, because it helped you to get Stride Fodders, and you could retire a thing to, like, curb early rush, and then the Alfred Holy Saver, because that was your finisher. Yeah. And then also a reprint of the of the regular Blaster Blade, because that would have <laughs> been just cruel if they didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> The funniest thing is they gave you exactly one copy, which just 
reinforces my theory that Aichi only has exactly one copy of Blaster Blade that he uses. I mean, that's how it was originally. Maybe he got more over time. I don't know. Uh, it's it's Aichi, so no. Well, back at least to the original, he had the GAM slot to search for it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the 9K? Yeah. And... He still rides the blaster blade. Boku no Bushin. Yeah, so when set 11 came out, right, this was Dominate. It was... All the new DI the, stuff. The oh. new DI stuff, so Blader Mouse. US finally got Where Tiger Jaeger after, like, a year and a half or some shit. Thanks for that prediction, by the way, because, like, uh, when Matt was expressing interest in build, uh, building it, I just went ahead and built it. And then proxied where Tiger Jaeger. I was like, I don't know if this is ever going to come out in English, but fuck it. See what happens. That's what I said. I was like, I'm going to build this on a bet they're going to print this card eventually. And it turns out they did. <laughs> so, and I made a bunch and of money. An, and an SP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's that. And then what else was in that fucking set? There was so much in that set. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, we got Kagura stuff. So Blade Master finally became a deck. Be me oh, yeah. We got Ziegenberg. Mm-hmm. ZTB's got all their stuff. Like the ZP's got the first half of their stuff. They were mm-hmm. miss- they were missing a card. Yeah, um, it in set twelve, but they were mostly there. Yeah, ZTB's got all of the rear guard that would lay the groundwork for their deck, and also that one, uh, Avenir Phoenix. Yeah, right. right. Can't forget about Mystery Freeze then. And Do- Dominate was kind of uh, kind of hilarious because there was so much hype going into it, just because it's like villain deck. Uh, it has a mechanic that makes people feel cool. Brain and then the, de- the deck was just, like, not a thing. Because, well, I mean, it was a thing to the extent of, like, people were playing it, and like, uh, it, it, but mostly, like, kind of GBA-based. Yeah, and uh, most of the tops were only, like, team tournaments, so it's unless the teams posted their win-loss record, it's kind of hard to tell how much weight that deck was carrying. Yeah, I think the the major problem with the deck had is like while you were getting a couple extra attacks out of your dominate, the fact that none of the rear guards had the dominate ability, mm-hmm. like they just tried to gain advantage. All your rear guards did was gain advantage off dominate, made it so the deck was just kind of like meh. Mm-hmm. Like you couldn't you couldn't chain anything. Right? Like, yeah. if you, know, you dominate something in attack and your opponent gets a trigger, you're like, well, the rest of my dominates are kind of stupid. Yeah. yeah, so a lot of people weren't doing anything with the actual dominate cards in Japan. Yeah. We also got and, th- three. And it had no, it had no first stride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it was, was like, like, worth a shit. Yeah, what, like... You went into, it could, oh, what's It could game? be, like, arguably tier two because it kept topping, but, like, I don't uh, think I, it was I, that good. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't even want to. Yeah, we, we not, not even into that. I just don't think it was. Kind it of was, like it was highly stuff. overrated. But we, we got three very important cards in this set: Gansla Peace Saver, Ziegenberg, mm-hmm. and Blader Mouse. Like Ziegenberg I, I, especially. Um, I think also this uh, kind of like Ziegenberg helped set the precedent for this new. Uh, kind of stride where you had the main effect being later in the game and the like a lesser effect being able to fuel into the bigger effects. Like Zedenberg, you soul blast flip or tie or something, 
and then the GB3 still for the restand, like, if you do him second strike, he can, like, feed into himself. Mm. Except now they're putting this on GRs for some stupid reason. Yeah. Oh, God. We'll, we'll get to that later, but I want yeah. I, I, I don't, to... I don't know if we made that statement yet, but I'm gonna, we'll, get, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> so, and I think uh, set 11 is when kind of every set would make, like, a, a very large meta shift. Like yeah, these the headliner triple R's were like pushing decks in a direction in like a in like a big way. Mm-hmm. So come set so the top decks you know after set eleven we had Di we had various flavors of Gear Chronicle. Mm-hmm. We had we got uh, Blade Master kind of uh, getting in there. Yeah, Blade Master Blasters, uh, which was yeah, and Blasters. Mm-hmm. Right, this was kind of. Am I am I forgetting anything? Night Rose had kind of fallen off because of the uh, the Mick restriction to, to Mick. Yeah. Um, and not 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 a whole lot else was going on. I don't think. Uh, Luard, I think, popped up every now and then, but it wasn't yeah. doing that hot anymore. Luard was very weak to um, things like Ziegenberg, right? Like yeah. And also, like Blasters could early game them. But Luard would see a bump come set mm-hmm. twelve. When they got a uh, drag strider, yeah. yeah. And so, so set twelve comes out, and now you have this. And so, it's important to note that Blade Master was very reliant on G guards, mm-hmm. and like it pretty much needed um, def- not defeat player, the other fucking guy, denial Griffin, to make sure it survives. So this is why Conroe is extra important, right? Like, because you can insert your heal. Yeah, you just don't want to die to stupid shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, come set twelve, we get the headliner card of the set ended up being an OTT card in um, Goddess of Stillwater Ichikashima. Mm-hmm. And what this this card is the first effect we've had in the game that prevented your opponent from G guarding. And not only did it prevent your opponent from G guarding, it prevented your opponent from G guarding for the entire turn. Yeah. So I've, I've mentioned in earlier podcasts that. G guards were inherently more powerful than early strides. Like it's only, only recently I think have strides have gotten more powerful than G guards. But if you look at our early strides, they're all they're all really really weak, right? They're all like on plus hits one, and all that or stuff. like counter blast two plus two. You know something silly like that, right? Mm-hmm. He like a G guard for a thirty k. Like let's say you have a thirty k G guard, right? G guarding into that is like drawing two cards. Kind of yeah. For like yeah. almost no cost. Mm-hmm. Which is insane. And then we started getting, like, utility G-guards, like the Niall Griffin. Yeah, who knows how to even value that. (laughs) I mean, I I think it depends on how big it is, the thing you're killing. Right. Well, well, not only that, but if it has any kind of interplay with the rest of your board, you could just shut down a turn. Mm Mm-hmm. True. So, like, the Niall Griffin just has, like, infinite value if you know how to use it correctly. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so set 12 I didn't really pay much attention to. I was going to rebuild Vanquisher, and then I realized I spent so much money on set 11 that I was like, all right, fuck it. So I sold off my Vanquisher pieces, which also got a significant buff in this set. It's just that everything else got better shit, so they just like kind of fell by the wayside. Mm-hmm. Well, it also had the um, distinction of being very not good against OTT. <laughs> Why? Because so, not a lot of advantage, or...? How are you, you're, like, you have this, like, the reason that Vanquisher was, like, 
doing okay against other stuff is because impede like protected you. Mm-hmm. But you can't impede Ichikishima. Yeah, so as soon as they get to GB3, one of your primary defensive moves is gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just going to Ichikishima you like three times. Mm hmm. <laughs> yeah. And they gain enough advantage that they can replace their board fairly consistently. Yeah. Yeah. So, if, like, set 12 has the unique distinction of being the set that turned OTT from tier like 87 to tier 1. Mm hmm. Very fast. It was. Yeah. And then. As we said, it brought Luard back up because of Drag Strider, so... Yeah, Drag Strider was just kind of a more consistent Phantom Blaster, and you can make it really big by looping. And then on yep. top of that, you also had the rest of the ZTB stuff kind of filling mm-hmm. out. So you, you yeah. got Gear Next, and... We got Gear Next and the Unicorn, which kind of filled out the deck. Yeah. Yeah, the Unicorn has some just has some silly shit in the ZTB deck. So now the ZTB deck was, like, fully complete. So mm-hmm. the top, top decks now are, like, you know, OTT, ZTB... Blade Master had, like, already fallen to Tier 2 at this point. Yeah. Because, like, the presence of OTT was so huge. And then... Like, OTT in Japan was everywhere. Yeah, it was. And I don't I... think... And it's kind of sad, but I don't think that we had just set 12 long enough... Mm-hmm. ...to, like, see much of the metagame. Like, I think that's one of the inherent problems of Western Vanguard, is that we don't have enough, like... Um, high-profile events between sets to, like, get a good feel for what the metagame looks like. Yeah, we have to, like, base it off of Japan, but then by the time tournaments come around, we could be, like, two or three sets ahead of where the meta was in Japan comparatively. Mm -hmm. The U.S. is, like, the Iowa of... we're, we're, We're just kind of behind on everything. Yeah, and then I think at this point, Blaster also started to fall off because Battle Sisters could basically do the same thing, but better because of Ijukashima. Yeah, and then right. you also, like, I, I think the thing with Battle Sisters was there was, like, an advantage engine in there where you mm-hmm. were drawing cards as you were doing all this. Well, uh, Blaster did have decent advantage because of XC being able to fish your grade 3 for you. Um, Gancelot was just a free card, and then... Lou was a grade 3 with shield value, so you had more options for guarding compared to other decks. That's true. Plus, you could recycle your blasters, so you could keep doing shit with him. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, we get set 12 for, like... God, how long? Like, this came out in in English in October. Cut Mm -hmm. to, like... A month and a half later, we get the uh, the Link, the Link Joker. Joker booster. Yep. So, uh, if you want to know more about this set, check out our episode on it. Like, yeah, four or five and then ago. This kind of marked. Oh, it already started happening with set eleven and twelve, but this is really when we started to feel that the meta would just radically shift every set now. Yeah, like mm-hmm. this thing made chaos relevant again, and. Uh, Game aside, decent stuff, but, like, whatever. Well, um, the, the two things that really came out of this were Chaos and Deleters. Yeah, dele- yeah. Mm. That was definitely interesting. And then because of that, like, it... W- with Chaos being as popular as it was, it basically destroyed Battle Sisters, like, yeah. that. Well, like, Luard, Battle Sisters, Blaster and Final... Actually, no, Blaster's kind of came back for a little bit. 
Well, blasters have the early game advantage, and Chaos mm-hmm. isn't a fan of Rush too much, so... It depended on how yeah. good you opened up, so, like, So, yeah, like, Chaos immediately just, like, uh, overturned the meta and started dominating, and then we also got the leaders, so... There is a certain grade 2, uh, I forget his exact name, but, like, something something the leader given, where, like... After the battle that your grade 3 vanguard with gray attacked, you could retire it and four other rearguards to restand your vanguard. Oh, that one. Yeah. So, because all of the new deleter stuff were able to call other things to replace themselves when they were retired, you could do it without minusing yourself. I mean, random. it was random, but it's the leaders. Your your opponent's vanguard's at zero. What do they care? Mm Mm-hmm. And then we also got a new grade three, Dark Jet the Leader Gray End, so you could just counter blast one, retire two, delete your opponent's vanguard, and then just go at him. Yeah, this was this again had another unique distinction, and that it, it was a deck that wanted you <coughs> wanted you to go first. Mm-hmm. Which usually I think no, they wanted to go first because you could just delete them early. Yeah, wanted you to go first, meaning the owner of the deleter deck, not the oh not the opponent. Sorry, I. I... That yeah, that was kind of confusing. Uh, and then also they got a new deleter stride, which is just uh, you could turn a copy face up and delete one rear guard and delete your opponent's vanguard, and then your front row gains two k for all for every face up copy of it. So, like with your early game with gray end and given combined with the new stride, you could just end games very quickly. So. It kind of became the sanctuary guard of this current meta. Yeah, in the weirdest way possible. Like, mm-hmm. um, and then on top of that, we also got aside from the chaos stuff, we got a uh, blue ball dragon who is not only like amazing cat. Like, if other starvaders ever get support, it's great in that too. Um, mm-hmm. In that, it, it would make your columns like hilariously gigantic. All the units in your front row with starvader get plus three k for your each of your opponent's locked cards. Yeah. And also, something important is that it costs a Soul Blast instead of a Counter Blast, so what Chaos started to do now was they would change their Grade 2 lineup to just be uh, Photon, Muleptin, and a new Grade 2 that was in this set, Globuladia, which could Counter Blast and lock something from the drop zone. So they would just play, you know, Glob and... Muleptin to force lock your field along with like universe maybe if you don't give them a field and then afterwards they could just glue ball and lock the whole field again for a soul blast yeah is someone sitting next to a desk fan no no or like a washing machine or something what what is that i don't know yeah i have no idea either oh it's raining outside that's why okay like not not just raining like pouring where I'm, where I'm sitting right now. It's on the roof, that's why. Yeah. Oh man, that's my fault. Kind of. Also, also, it's funny, everyone was really excited about Strange Dragon at the start of this set, and then, after a while, people started to realize that hit and runs could still kind of be a thing, and so they were like, nope, never mind, fuck Strange Dragon, we're just gonna go with all the Force Lock units. I mean, yep. say, what you, say what you want, but uh, I, like... On, usually on the Vanguard Facebook groups, there are a lot of people who uh, still like Strange Dragon yeah. over... Um, but the decks that top, which are the only ones that really matter, don't only play Photon, Glob, and Leptin. Yeah, I mean, the 
like I, I, I did a uh, video for this for Nexus Core about like strain trading versus photon where I tried to as objectively as possible look into which one is better. I decided on photon after a bunch of research, but like yeah, well that's the thing is you want to be able to lock down the field as quickly as possible because if you're using strange dragon to lock in the battle phase, it's just like why don't you just play photon instead? Because free locks are good and yeah. you're not getting the five k anyways. I mean the the one thing that uh, strange dragon has over uh, photon is that it, it after you use it, it has some utility as a booster. So you can mm -hmm. keep calling things in front of it, and yeah. it, it can but still do stuff. I don't think it pushes columns over, does it? Um, no, well, okay, so if you call, like, another 9k in front of you, that's 18, which is usually bad. But if one of those things gets you, like, one lock card and you go into glue ball, that's a 21 column. So yeah. that's something, but that's about it. Um, I don't think it makes a significant enough difference, because I think Chaos just kind of chokes you out. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alright, so Rondo of Chaos and Salvation comes and goes, and mm -hmm. now now we're at the end of 2017 in Ultimate Stride, which, again, we just talked about like two weeks ago. But mm -hmm. um, And the meta is radically overturned again. Yeah. So we have a bunch of Aquaforce stuff, which, oh my god. That that's like the big thing. Um, that's not even the crazy yeah. stuff. In this well, set. that's not even the crazy stuff. We got the thing that is making a big difference is Overlord. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now it's Overlord and Chaos, which to any deck that needs rear guards to do things, you're, you're going underground for a while. You're, you're yeah. Just, just like the meta right now is uh, Chaos and Overlord, and things that play into Chaos and Overlord or, basically Thavas. Or that can play around it. Yeah, like with Thavas and stuff, and then like. I found that um, playing Tachikaze actually has a decent matchup against both of those. Like, now that we have um, Gaia Devastate, we have something to do against Link Joker, who doesn't well, appreciate their I mean, retired. If, I mean, if Link Joker is doing their thing right, you shouldn't have a field to engorge. I mean, you only need to eat one thing, and usually... They're yeah, but I'm saying they should be able to, like, lock down your whole field pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, if you, like... It has a good enough early game where you can still do things. Like, I, I have tools against it now, but... I'm not saying it's like, oh, I can destroy Link Joker every single game. It's just like... It's like a 60-40 instead of, you know, 90-10 or whatever. Or 55-45. But, and then against Kagura, what do you care? The shit's coming back. Um, yeah, so Tachikaze I mean, got good stuff. Losing Spike regard still stuff. matters a lot in Tachis. Like, losing regards to, like... Losing regards to opponent's effects is still very important. And Tachi is still a really big, really big problem, especially if you're low on units to actually do stuff. Mm -hmm. In my experience, like playing Tachi, you just have to call stuff even if you don't have replacements. Like you just have to like pretend you have like more stuff. Yeah, bluffing. Like is... you need you need stuff on field to do to to like you know to to do anything. Yeah, dogma is have... becoming less and less important as time goes on. It's also becoming almost impossible to use. Yeah. yeah, because we'll <laughs> never have five rear guards. And that's why I cut it to two. So. Yep. That's just how that's it is. Um, I don't know. The, yeah, but like, Kagero with this set has just kind of sealed the fate of the meta. In that, you, like, if you don't have tools against uh, both control. of you, control, you're fucked. Like, yeah. We are, like, fully back into a control meta now. Yeah. 
Um, do you want to mention Zoo because it's already out in Japan and we have data on it based on Japanese tops? Well, I mean, you just did, so... Yeah. <laughs> There's a... I mean, not, very I, expensive. I, I don't think I want yeah. to talk about Zoo that you just mentioned. It'd be like Charlie Brown and the football. Just like... <laughs> Alright, so Awakening I mean, Zoo has come out... All that we really have to say about it is that Gridora with a ton of Obterandus is topping a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Like... We, like, we, we here at Nexus and, and Nexus Court in general, we, we have made fun of Mega Colony for a long time. And it's starting to feel like the kid you bullied in high school, like, started pumping iron after he graduated, and then at the reunion he's going to come kick your ass mm. a little bit. Yeah. Well, like, I figured that Mega Colony was at least decent now. I didn't think that uh, playing Gridora with three Obterandas would actually be that good, but... It is. Like, it not being out. able to call rear guards just shuts down half the decks in the game right now. Yeah. It turns out that Gridora's drive skill is not really important. Mm-hmm. What's important is the counter charge one. Yeah. Which I think everyone knew going into this. <laughs> <laughs> the counter charge. So, yeah. Like, now. So now they have Overwhelm, which is a $100 GR, which can just get them really easy advantage if. So if you don't really have a field to work with, or they don't feel like using Obterandus because it's too big of a minus, maybe you have, like, Vanguard pressure that you can use, then they can just go into Overwhelm, draw a lot of cards, and power up their field a whole bunch. And if you are a deck that relies on rear guards and comboing a lot, they can just keep spamming Obterandus at you. Yeah. Like, that. that's my worst matchup as a Tachikaze player, because, like, you can call things early, but the whole point is they die and they're supposed to come back, but you literally can't do that. So, so yeah, like, now the meta is, like, Gridora, Chaos, and Overlord, and things that can play decently into them. So, Aqua Force. Yeah. And even that, I think, is going to go down even more once we get Stargate, because they also revealed Chaos Breaker Close. Yeah, which I, I don't want to get into right now. Yeah. So, like, I think this is... So, I want to bring up the how GRs are getting really expensive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, if you remember, several, a couple of years, a year and a half, two years ago, somewhere in there, uh, after they printed Next Stage and the first iteration of Thavis, and then GRs were like $50 and people, or, mm-hmm. you know, getting up to 70 90 you know, because you need like four of them, right? Yeah. And then they're like, oh, this is a bad idea. We need to make them have like unique, interesting effects and not flip themselves. They can be like 30 bucks or whatever, and people need like one to two. Well, yeah. what they started doing is they started just making like, just good effects that flip anything, but they're like the effects are like too good. They're not interesting anymore. They're just too good. Yeah. So now you just need like four of them. Yeah. So like, yeah, they don't they don't even flip themselves. So you can just do it four times. So not only did they make decks more boring because they're just doing the same fucking stride four times a game, but like decks are also more expensive now because you have to pay gr prices for. Things that you would play in triple R quantities. Yeah, yeah, like GRs are like so low per case. You need you need like a whole fucking case of GRs basically for your deck. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like most, uh, at least with set thirteen, you were guaranteed four of each GR per case. But again, like if you don't, if you're playing it, four of the GR, then that's one case per player. Exactly, mm-hmm. it's ridiculous. And like. 
it, they've, they've reverted back on what they didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. Or they've come full circle, seems like. Yeah. Yeah, and they're like, oh, we don't want people, you know, we don't want, we don't want GRs to be like $100, except now we're exactly back there. Yeah, I mean, it's turning, so, so you have, um, so like sets 11 and 12, you had uh, Gancelot, who, some people got him at four, but like, you need one, maybe two. It, people yeah. play two to three. Two to three is what I saw probably 90% of the time. Yeah, yeah. but it was still only like $30. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is yeah. a lot, and, still. And then, yeah, but that's the thing. That's kind of the price we've come to expect from GRs. We have, and then we had like uh, Drag Strider, which. What do you need for? Or how many copies do you need? Yeah, for like that? one or two, and that one was also like twenty to thirty to like thirty dollars last time I checked. Yeah, um, but these new ones, like how much is um how much is the purge right now? Purge was like forty dollars last time I looked. You need four of them, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like three, three or four. Three or four, right? Um, and how Alexandros? much is uh, the Aquaforce guy? Uh, Alexandros right now is like twenty-three to thirty bucks. Yeah, you need straight four, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, four and Cosmos, like two in Blue Waves, but you need multiple copies of it, and it's ungodly expensive. And yeah, Purge is forty bucks. Yeah, yeah. God, and I mean, like they've that... kind of become the price of like the headliner triple R is like a you know a few previous sets. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, um, well, no, even the headliner triple R's of previous sets only got to like fifteen bucks at most because they're at the higher. They have a higher supply. Hey, I'm curious. Uh, how much is Chaos Breaker Deluge? Oh yeah, let's see. Because <laughs> I was thinking like I, I was gonna make a comment that like in, you know in two short main sets we've. No, uh, got... I think Deluge de- debuted at like thirty to forty bucks. Do you need four? Yeah, he's fifty. To... No, you only need two, but okay. But you said uh, he's 50. he is fifty bucks right now. Okay, yeah. So basically, it, it, it's essentially the same amount of money, but mm-hmm. give or take. And then yeah, glue ball is twenty. Crisis is thirty. Jesus. I mean, yeah, all the best decks in the meta right now are like five hundred dollars again. Yeah, yep. and I think that's inherently the problem with um, um quote control end quote metas mm-hmm. is that. Because you need big, dumb, powerful cards, these are often very high rarity. Yeah. And, like, and this is true in Magic as well. Like, control decks tend to be very expensive. Mm-hmm. But in Vanguard, like, I think, especially in the case of Meghan in particular, like, a $100 GR is pretty unacceptable. Yeah, especially because, like, that's... So it's, um, what's her face? Poison, Sickle, Mutant, De- Deity, Overwhelm. Who would probably say the effect. It's, uh, Act, Counterblast, uh, choose card from G-Zone, flip it up. Drop to the same number of cards as uh, the number of your opponent's rear guards in rest, and if the number of your opponent's rear guards in rest is one or less, she gets crit and quad drive. And also a GB3 dark device, all of your units get plus 2k for each face-down card in your opponent's damage zone. So the the better effect is I, is the first, is the one you can use any time in the game. Like if your opponent, you know, didn't call a lot of things early... You, you get crit quad drive first stride, you know. Mm-hmm. Gancelot had quad drive first stride, but crit, you know. Mm-hmm. So let's yeah. do some quick math, right? How many of these GR are in a, are in a case of the extra booster? Do we know that? Um, I think it was still four. Yeah. Okay. Because it's um, so, it's, it's less packs per box. Than, all right, and there's so. right. So let's think about um, the value of a case for Mega Colony in the Zoo Booster. Like, let's say you pay market, you pay $900 for a case of 30 extra booster boxes. Right, so it's $30 a piece. Mm-hmm. 400 of that case 
is in Overwhelms alone. Yeah. And yeah, then you still have Gridora. Mm-hmm. You still have the other Triple R's. Right? Mm-hmm. You still have Zoa. The one Zoa, or two Zoas, or whatever's in there. Uh, it's two. And and then it, it, that depends if you get it or not. Um, right, yeah. and so that's 520 with the Zoas. And then how much is Gridora? Um, someone wanted... Like 20, uh, yeah, I think it was like 2530. So Mega Colony is... Should be, you know, like, almost, like, 70% of the case value. Yeah, I mean, I'm going in on a zoo case split. My friend's paying 230 for Metacolony. And see, he's mm-hmm. ripping off somebody. Yeah, no, he's getting, like, the four overwhelms alone, that's nearly double what he's paying. And yeah. I want to make a comment about case splits in general. Is that case splits always benefit the big ticket clans in the set. Yeah. What they do, what what's end up happening with a case split every single time is the big ticket clans get to disperse the costs of their high value cards to mm-hmm. everyone else in like the shitty clans. Like Atlas told me about somebody doing a Megacolony case split for like a hundred, and mm-hmm. I just I just laughed. I was like, I would never ever pay that, right? Because the the Megacolony the Merkumo cards is at uh, thirteen, valued to like ten bucks. I'm not paying $100 for a case, but I'm paying $90 for no reason. I'm handing some guy who's buying Overlords $90 and just being like, Merry Christmas, bro. <laughs> I'm not into that. Yeah. It's just absolutely absurd. Like, how, how much people get screwed on case splits. So basically, if you want some small clan in a case split, you know, if you set 14, I don't even know what's in set 14, but whatever. Um, what clans are in set fourteen? What's like a small? What's um, like a small thing in set fourteen? Hang on, I got you. Give me one sec. Um, let's see, Genesis is in there. Um, Nubatama. <laughs> D- so it's Royal Shadows, Genesis, Nubatama, Di's Gears. So. Uh, let's do Genesis. Right? If you're if you're like a Genesis player, right? They're probably gonna have like a small sliver of support mm-hmm. in set fourteen. Like small sliver. And you're looking at a and you're looking at a case split, right? You should think about like what what clans do we think are going to be highly supported in set th- in set fourteen? Well, Shadow Paladin, Di- Shadow Paladin for sure, right? Yeah, like maybe Di because they have a freaking ZR, right? Mm-hmm. Or just yeah, or the, gears, gears or yeah. or gears, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, so you think about those and you're like, wait, I'm not the big ticket clan. I shouldn't do a case split. I should just pre-order singles mm-hmm. when this when the set's about to come out. There's no reason to do a case split. Just pre-order the singles. You're gonna save yourself so much time and effort. Yeah, because he... let's say it's just like spitballing ninety dollars for a Genesis split, <laughs> like, and then you have like Shadow Paladin and all that other stuff, which could probably value out in actual cards to like three, four hundred dollars, but they'll probably do, like, two-something. You know, you're just handing the Shadow Paladin guy your 90 bucks, like you said. Mm-hmm. Like, so, thanks for the $90 discount if I'm buying Shadow Paladin. Yep. But, yeah, like, when you mentioned your, your friend was paying 230 for Megacon, that was disgusting. Yeah, I mean... But, hey, man, I'm, must I'm, be nice. I'm paying $100 for my uh, Great Nature... Uh, 
portion. And that's with a ZOA, right? That's true. I also do get the ZOA. But... So you're guaranteed a ZOA. So that's already, like, most of it. Yeah. And, and then, I don't know how the great it's, stuff It's mostly just because I'm a goddamn whore. Like, mm-hmm. great nature, man. It's... They're my, like I literally have a fucking bumper sticker on my car with that symbol. So well, to be fair, you would never find your car if you didn't. <laughs> oh yeah, you're driving a white Prius. Oh yeah, no, I I live in Santa Monica. White Priuses, it's like uh, it's like freaking Pleasantville up in here. <laughs> Everyone in Santa Monica. So for those who don't know, Santa Monica is um, the bougiest place in the universe next to like Beverly Hills. Yeah, it's it's full of it's full of like. It's it's the end of the line of like Jews in the United States as far as westward, mm-hmm. and everyone drives a white Prius. <laughs> Pretty much, it's yeah. it's like hybrids everywhere. Mm-hmm. Artisanally handcrafted Prius. <laughs> oh my god! I don't know why that joke never gets old. The the artisanally <laughs> handcrafted X thing, you know? Because because it's so true. Yeah. For real. Because you just walk outside and you see artisanally handcrafted and you realize it's not a joke at all. Or the, the, the best part was, like, I saw a billboard when I was driving home the other day. Um, and it, it was like, our vodka is gluten-free. I'm like, all vodka is gluten-free, fuck nuts. Like, that's just... Like, oh, I, I, I hate when they do that, where they're like, this is gluten-free. I'm like, it didn't have gluten to begin with. gluten water. What? Yeah, good. exactly. Like, <laughs> I hate it when my water has gluten in it. <laughs> People are just so ridiculous. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, we hope you enjoyed our look into 2017 as uh, as it evolved. It, it went from like this multi-attack meta to hilariously expensive advantage-based and control meta. Um, I don't know. They were doing so well for sets like 11 and 12, and then just. Yeah. I feel like once they decided that G era was ending, they decided, fuck it, let's just break everything. So they got senioritis, basically. Mm-hmm. Great. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. There was that brief period of time where the meta was interesting, and we had a bit of clan diversity, and then it died immediately. (laughs) Not immediately, but, like... It was, like... But I'm going to give you guys something to think about. Something to think about. Mm Mm-hmm. They have to somehow print cards that matter in this meta. Yeah. They are going after print cards that are good against Mega Colony, Kagura, and Chaos. Yeah. In yep. order to sell the next set. Yeah, I mean... Uh, either everything gets unlockers or ways to call without actually calling, or... Or... They're going to have to start banning shit. Yeah. And I know Bushiroad is very tentative about outright banning something or limiting something. Um, and I feel like this is probably the kick in the pants where they're going to have to be like, yeah, some shit's got to go. Like, Yeah, like ban Optorandus, ban... Not ban outright, don't... but just like Optorandus <laughs> to they, one or something. If they don't use like a, lim- a restriction or ban... Mm-hmm. Um, what do the cards they need to print have to look like in order to get through this metagame? You have to print very strong Vanguard-centric cards. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so, I mean, we're already kind of getting that with Stark. Right? Mm-hmm. So, things like Stark, but you, you can't even... How do you create cards... You can't create cards for a clan like Nova Grappler. 
right? Mm-hmm. Like, obviously this plan can't work here. Yeah. So you need to think about... So maybe so then you look for the clans that don't do that, like DI, right? Mm-hmm. What kind of ridiculous DI cards could they print that, like, can get through this? Maybe something that can combine uh, two effects together? I maybe mean, we are... Like I mean, we already up. know what the DI strike does. It... Retire something, gains the power equivalent of the thing you retire, and then has some probably like a GB3 darkness skill that gives a universal grade 1 restrict. Hmm. But none of these are great about getting past. They need more than that. Yeah. They need a lot more than that. So... Like, the thing I might... wanted to bring up, even though it's a bad deck, is like, Messiah cards are now getting things that just place stuff down as locked units so like i don't know if this gets around gradora because you're not really calling a thing i think someone will have to ask bushi road about it but like i'm thinking like things like that have to exist to get around like gradora and overlord yeah and then also that, that also solves the problem of like you know uh not having what you need at a certain time you at least can look through your deck for stuff um Let's see. I'm, I'm looking at Gridor's, like, exact wording. Um, your opponent cannot call units on the rear guard of that column. Yeah, so a, and a they can't card, secure your call either, obviously. Okay, but a lock card is not a unit. Mm-hmm. So, in theory, yes, it should get around Gridora. Yeah, so I'm thinking, like, we'd have to do really crazy shit like that, where you're placing things down onto the field without calling them, necessarily, which is... Like, it's basically they're going to have to start doing what they've been doing with, like, circles to get around lock yeah. for Gridora. I just don't know how this is going to end up looking, because if you print very powerful Vanguard-centric stuff that gets past it, or you have to, like, create, like, very weird mechanics that get past it, none of them, yeah. and that doesn't feel great, because that feels like you're kind of bending the rules of the game, right? Like, you're no, you're kind of playing a different game now. I mean, lock mm-hmm. almost feels like it bends the rules of the game. I mean, that's true, and they, I think they've acknowledged that. But I just, I don't know how I feel about the direction. Like, it's so hard to break out of these kind of, like, control things mm-hmm. without hitting something. Or, or, or rotating cards. Like, when control is this good, it's, it's pretty absurd. Yeah. Like, I don't know what's... Like, the biggest things that I'm probably going to look out for are, like, Shadow Paladin and Gear Chronicle. To, like, get through the control meta. I think the real mistake that Bushiroad made Mm -hmm. when creating a lot of these modern Chaos and um, Mega Colony cards is not making uh, their abilities cost enough resources. Yeah. Because, like, like, Chaos Breaker Close, for example, when it's discarded, you can just Soul Blast 1 and lock a card from their hand. Yeah, like, if this were, like, a Counter Blast... And like they, you know, they kept putting or counterblast, soul blast. They kept putting this on a bunch of shit. They would run out of resources. You could control those resources. Mm-hmm. But they just made everything too cheap. Yeah. Yeah, and then they also gave chaos a billion different ways to soul charge with the set. So I'm gonna I'm gonna use um, magic as another example here because control decks and magic are very well defined. Mm-hmm. Uh, they typically very slow. They play a lot of answers. They you know they play a lot of kind of a card filtering, interaction, uh, and then they have like a big way to win the game, right? Which is generally, which is true of kind of uh, Chaos, for example, right? Like it plays a lot of interaction or rather in, 
well, I'm going to call it interaction, right? Because it's present, but it's really just preventing you from doing anything. Uh, you know, they they, pr- they lock you out of the game and they eventually kill you, right? Mm-hmm. With just advantage, which is also another way control can win games of magic. Um, but when removal, like if you print super cheap removal and magic, it's very hard to make control bad. Very hard. Because like you can't play efficient enough creatures to beat that, you know, to beat that removal. Well, because the interaction in Vanguard is now so cheap, you just can't do enough thing. Like attacking is now more expensive than interacting, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And so you just can't keep that up. Yeah. Or like, if they have to spend a lot to interact with you, they usually have ways to refund it. Or like, subsequent interactions become cheaper as you start to lock things down. Mm-hmm. The fact that Chaos can play Maleftin and not care about 2CB is insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the fact that they have a card that basically gives you three soul and two counter charge. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Zinc was crazy when it came out. and Especially because you can search it with uh, both Colony Maker and... Uh, what's what's his name? Carbon. Carbon. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. Th- this is definitely going to be an interesting year for Bushirod. And mm-hmm. uh, we're going to be here for it, so get ready I for li- it. What? I like that Boucher made this mistake. It's <laughs> a different mistake than before. So, it's interesting. Yeah. But, I mean, the, let's were... see how they recover. If they recover. Yeah. Like, I, like, from what we know so far, we'll, prob- we'll find out more once we get uh, Kazuma's new shit in the next episode, but, like... I don't think set fourteen is going to do enough to break this control meta. Yeah, and then and then after that, it's a whole new, like, uh, not season, but protagonist. So, mm-hmm. so we, we might end up we might end up uh, getting getting uh, like G unit rear guards, which a lot of people are predicting, and I really hope doesn't happen. But who knows? It's going to be like no, we're going to we're going to. Dude, if we get Axe-Seeds, I'm, I'm leaving. Like, they're, they're putting Zodiacs in Vanguard. God, Wait, please don't. never mind. They already are. Yeah. No, I was, <laughs> I, I was gone by Insectors in Yu-Gi-Oh! So, that's done. Um, well, uh, anyway, we, we hope you enjoyed this uh, New Year's Grab Bag 2. And, uh, yeah, sorry, sorry about the dad move with the button. And uh, we'll see you next time. I was Atlas. I'm Matt. And I'm Root Beer. And have a good night, everybody. I want to take the time to thank anybody who found this podcast. Uh, I also recommend sharing it with your friends, family, anybody who likes Vanguard. Uh, You can find us on SoundCloud or on your podcast app, that little purple thing that goes in the folder of the stuff you can't delete, like stocks. Who uses stocks? Anyway, you can also tweet... Me, Atlas Novak, so at A-T-L-A-S-N-O-V-A-C-K. You can also tweet at Nexus at Night, N-E-X-U-S-A-T-N-I-G-H-T. Or you can tweet the Nexus Core YouTube channel, so at N-E-X-U-S-C-O-R-P-S. Be sure to check out that YouTube channel. Uh, We have, you know, card fights and deck profiles and all that good stuff.